Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pod Let's go I am Rocky Petrella, and I have a trading problem I am Andrew Hall, and I have a trading problem. I'm J. Mike, and I, too, have a trading problem. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Session 302 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will. We all just did. Uh, so we are back here, rustless again, uh, but I do have... My partner in crime, my fellow junkie, uh, we're just junkies are just taking over trade addicts. Sidlo last week, now we got Andrew this week, Andrew Hall. Uh, Andrew, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. And uh, as I said before, I've, I've been on addicts a couple of times now, subbing in for Russ. Anytime I can help uh, my, my good friend Russ Fisher take a break, I'm always a, a fan of doing that for him. So glad to be here and glad to to have you and, and the one and only J Mike to chat it up with tonight. This is going to be a good one. Yes, another great guest this week. Uh, we, it's the, it's the dummies combo. We had Zach last week and now we got J Mike this week. J Mike, uh, tell everyone who you are, what you do, where they can find what you do. Yeah, man. Uh, it's your boy J Mike, uh, one half of the dynasty dummies, one half of the open bar podcast. Uh, we don't I have, I don't know the last time I've recorded. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a long time i was actually thinking uh, i knew you were on it if you guys ever thought even just like a one-time special just like like have, have your all time greatest guests i would just love to watch that you guys go for like three hours one night i was just thinking that yeah <laughs> yeah that 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 would be that would be a dream but i'm i'm on twitter at j mike check um and or x excuse me i'm on x at j mike check i don't i don't it's know if i want to all right, great, great. I'm among I'm amongst friends. Here, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew better. I'm amongst friends. At J Mike Check, and I am part of the Trade Addict Six uh, League as well. So I'm just grateful to be here with you guys. Grateful to be recording. Uh, it's been it's been a fun nine point scoring season already, and I'm learning lots and lots of new things. Uh, watching people go crazy, so it's a it's a good time. Yeah, J Mike's part of Trade Addict Six. J Mike's the king of Trade Addict Six, but yeah, he's too humble to say that. But <laughs> You, you said that, not me. Not me. <laughs> We're all just aspiring to be to 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 get to J Mike's level on Trade Next, but uh, we'll start right into the show uh, with the uh, the news. Uh, uh, you know, brought to us by uh, our official TA news correspondent Frank. Uh, uh, we're just going to do a few items here that he passed along, uh, mostly with OC stuff. Uh, 
should just mention uh, Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, closed out the coaching cycles hired by the Seahawks and Commanders, respectively. As, as Frank put in his notes, the OCs are really what's going what's to matter more there, more so even than the head coach, most likely. Uh, and with one of them, we have an OC already, which is Cliff Kingsbury to Washington. Uh, Frank mentions should be great for the wide receivers. Time to buy Dotson, maybe. Uh, but now the speculation starts. Kingsbury coached Caleb Williams, and Williams grew up in D.C. So, Jim, what do you think of the Kingsbury hire? Do you, do you think this could be a, a way to get Caleb there? I think it could just be a way to to make it really fun in Washington. I don't I don't know what they would have to do to try to move up to the one spot. I know that people have speculated pretty heavily um, with them having that that space, but. The Bears, I feel like the Bears have worked uh, tirelessly uh, over the last year plus fleecing Carolina uh, and, and now getting in a position where they can do that. So could they move off of the pick? Sure. Obviously, it saves them the issue of trying to move on from fields. And I feel like there's a lot of moving pieces for Chicago. But as far as Washington goes, I think more than anything, I'm excited for Terry McLaurin. Uh, I'm excited yeah. that that he'll have – a system ideally in place that's wanting to put the ball up in the air. And ideally he has competency at the quarterback position. Uh, I think he's about 28 ish years old at this point. And so I think that he's someone in our leagues that just will be criminally underrated. And I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good times in Washington to be able to see the fun that can be had with competency at the play caller and at the actual uh, quarterback position. So curious what they, what they plan on doing with it. It should be fun, though. Yeah, it is going to be real interesting to see what the Bears do there. Uh, it, it, it seems like uh, I kind of get the vibe that they, they, they want Caleb and, and want to move on from Fields, uh, which if that happens, I'll be very interested to see a Fields landing spot because I think he will start somewhere next year. Uh, Frank mentions in the chat that uh, Schefter said two firsts as a starter on Chicago radio today, but he said that's including the 102. So uh, hmm. I could see that. I, to me, I, I yeah, if you're if, if Caleb is you know everything that he's cracked hmm. up to be, adding one additional first, I don't think is actually too bad, even though it's just moving up one pick. Uh, but Andrew, what what are your thoughts on Kingsbury uh, and uh, any any Caleb William thoughts to Washington or the Bears? Well, I mean, I, I I think the Bears would be silly not to engage at least and see what the conversation is, right? Like I I would be. Uh... I'd be very excited to see a trade happen. I love trades at the top of the draft. It always makes things kind of fun. We had a couple of good ones last year that kind of made it wild. You know, we had a lot of a lot of movement that always makes it kind of exciting to watch, which is always good. Uh, I'm not sure if this is enough in a sense uh, to kind of give us the hint that they're going for Caleb, but it sure, I mean, it doesn't hurt. Uh, and I think it'd be very curious to see how it pans out. Uh, Kingsbury was kind of an interesting coach in, in Arizona, right? And had had a little bit of, played with fire and kind of got burned kind of a thing and, and definitely went all out, which I was, it was fun to watch. So to your point too, Jay, Mike T Mac, Terry McLaurin, I think is going to be a, a possibly a good asset, no matter who the quarterback is. Uh, I mean, just looking it up on DLF, cause I was curious while you guys were talking, Terry McLaurin is going at 101st overall in super flex leagues, wide receiver 41. Like at this point, that's less than a second. You know what I mean? Like you could probably get him for a third in some cases, 
maybe even on this news, maybe people are still sleeping. Maybe you can get him thrown in on a deal. That's that's exactly what I'd be trying to do. Him or Dotson, right? Like, just try to get a piece of that offense, and we'll see kind of what goes from there. But even if they start with Sam Howell, he wasn't that bad this year. And maybe there's – I mean, we still have free agency. We still got a lot of question marks. But this is the time of year I love going out and acquiring those uh, those upside receivers, right, the post-type sleepers and all that kind of stuff. And McLaurin fits that pull perfectly. So I love that. I love that call there, Jay Mike. And Washington could be fun to watch. We don't know. I mean, the only the only piece I wanted to add, I guess, that wasn't really mentioned was what happens to Eric Bieniemy. You know what I mean? Like, now, does he really have a spot now? Because he obviously was there last year, didn't really do much, and is let go. Not a head coach again, which I just I don't think he wants to be one. To be honest, I think he's had his, his opportunities. It just isn't working. Uh, and Frank here in the chat mentioning back to KC. I don't think that happens. Uh, there's a couple of things that could, but I mean, maybe he just takes the year off. I don't know. So Washington's yeah, going to yeah. be fun to watch this year for sure. Yeah, that's wild to me. Like that he's he's been passed over for head coaching jobs, and now he looks like he may not even have an OC job next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did pretty good stuff. I mean, Hal is what he is, and he takes a lot of sacks. But he had Hal leading the league in passing yards at one point. Yeah. So, he did some good work in Washington too, I think. So uh, Frank mentions the only OC job left is Seattle. So if he does not get the Seattle job, he will not be an OC this year. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of. I mean, I don't know what it is. What 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 is going on with Eric Bieniemy? People, well, don't like I said, <laughs> I just don't think he wants it. I, I just honestly because I think he's had enough opportunity. I think he goes into those interviews kind of like as a. Yeah, you got to interview me, but I'm I'm good. I don't want this job. You know what I mean? Like, or there's one job he wants, and it's Kansas City, and Andy Reid ain't giving it up. So, he, maybe he just waits. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I do also think though that that it this this hiring cycle and kind of Eric Bieniemy being on the outside looking in it is so indicative of just the direction of where the NFL is going. I think a few years ago, we saw that everybody was trying to get a, pay, a piece of the McVay tree and the guy who's going to be offensively calling plays and being really uh, exciting with the offense. And now here we are, um, even, I don't know, what is two, three, three, four years, three years later, maybe from Mike McDaniel getting a role and, and, and others like that. Now, it almost seems like um, there, there is a, a, a general shift of like, hey, we want a guy who's definitely um, like CEO type. So when we're looking at the likes of Dan Campbell in, in Detroit and kind of what he's done and, and the kind of a, kind of a mind that yes, maybe you do call plays and maybe it's on the defensive side, but basically can we, can we just be a face of the organization? And so if you look at guys like Lou Anarumo, who was the DC for the Bengals hot commodity just two years ago, or even just a season ago, and then all of a sudden they fall into hard times and he's not getting interviews, not hearing anything about that. Yep. Yep. And uh, Brian Callahan hasn't called plays before when he got hired to the Titans. Dan Quinn now being a re- um, retread now with the commanders. And we can just go name for name of folks who are kind of o- overseeing. And so it's almost as if the cycle or the NFL, I don't know if it necessarily has passed the enemy by, but right now his type, like the play caller, offensive, offensive mind or whatever the case is, is not necessarily what's in vogue. And so it'll really be interesting. Does it go back? I'm sorry, forgive me for, for ranting for a moment, but he had the opportunity. I mean, he like, obviously of all the opportunities that he could have had to leave Kansas city, right. He chose this Washington situation. He had to know that there was going to be risk in taking this role that Rivera might not make it through to the next season. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That things could be flipped. And so he he took his shot by leaving Kansas City and said, okay, I'm going to go here with the hopes of probably building something into more of a role or being a, a better candidate. And unfortunately, he missed. Like, he missed badly. Yeah. Uh, two things I want to touch on we, we talked about in the last couple minutes here. First, uh, Frank, again in the chat, we love Frank. Uh, spe- speculation Reed could retire if they win. Maybe the enemy knows something. That would, that, that would be interesting. I, I kind of I don't think he would end up as the Chiefs guy. Like I said, as J. Mike said, kind of it seems like the cycle is almost passed him by. It's not like he's like... Like I said, I think he did pretty well in Washington for what he had to work with, and uh, it didn't seem like there was much interest in terms of head coaching jobs. And like I said, he's he's probably not even going to have an OC job. And then I also McLaren, uh, like what? I'm curious what you guys would spend for him or what you would sell him for. I, I'm interested, especially because I threw out some offers. Um, well, I threw out in the uh, the TA Discord that we didn't have a ton of trades. And so that, of course, got people sending me a bunch of trades. <laughs> and uh, one of them actually was in one of the TA leagues. Uh, what essentially is the, the 201, this is 201, but it's really the 202 because Russ has a 113 in every league. So the 202 for Terry McLaren and the 25 third. Are you selling McLaren for that? I, I will say, I, I, as Andrew said earlier, Rocky, um, maybe you can just get McLaurin for a third these days. So in trade Avic six, why don't I just send you a third and you send me McLaurin? How about we just do that? No, nah, we can bypass this. All right. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face. I'm sorry. Hurt to try. <laughs> we were talking about this a few uh, about a month ago, maybe or less. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Back to your question, Rocky. So would you uh, would you sell I, I the two hundred two? No, no, no. I'd prefer the two hundred two side. Okay, so would you would too. you would take you would take the two hundred two for McLaurin in the third. Two, yeah, I'm sorry. If, if I have McLaurin and you sending me the two hundred two, I I will give you McLaurin for me taking the two hundred two. Yes, I was going to say the same. Like two, yeah, the two hundred two is high enough for me. I think you can get some of those, uh, you know, first round scraps. You know, fall to the two hundred two, two hundred three, whatever. I mean, like any of that. You get somebody that drops. Somebody doesn't like somebody. You can also package the two hundred two pretty easily with the player to move up into the first. I think there's a lot more flexibility with that. So if I had McLaurin, I'm probably taking the 202 here in draft season. But overall, I, I do think McLaurin is probably worth that. And so I think feel like that's pretty fair anyway. But I just feel like if you can make that trade today, you might be able to pivot off the 202 for somebody better than McLaurin on draft day, right? And then you're trading McLaurin for a different receiver in theory and just going through the 202 to do it. So I think that sounds fair to me. I mean, I like McLaurin, but I, I still think drafting is – the draft picks are nice. Let's be honest, especially right now when they don't even have a name. And we always talk about that. I know it's mentioned on trade acts all the time. The draft pick itself is worth more than the players you take. So like the draft pick of the two Oh two is worth more than whoever you might select there. You know, you can maybe even get a little more than that. So yeah, I'm definitely on board. So as you can see, it's not on the sheet. So I did not accept it. I actually, and I'll, I'll have to, maybe I'll, uh, if, if he rejects it before this gets released in the next day or two, I'll throw that 202 back. I countered with, he also has the 112. So I tried to get, it's two picks. I was hoping maybe, it, but I know that one is going to be a big stumbling block anyway. But I well, isn't that hell, strange though? Like, yeah. Isn't that strange though? Like, is McLaurin worth a first? Most people would say no, right? But we're talking about the 202, and you're adding a third, of course, which isn't nothing. It's something. But, yeah. like, the 202 is right there in the first, and yet it has a totally different value in our heads. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's just a totally different thing. Yeah. Crazy. So, 
I tried to get the pick two picks higher. We'll see if he goes for it. And uh, if if he rejects it before this pod comes out, maybe I'll just send the 202 back. But I don't know. <laughs> uh, but hopefully he doesn't hear this before then. I'm pretty sure he's not in the chat right now. <laughs> Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. <laughs> uh, a couple other uh, uh, offensive hires here. Uh, as discussed last week, because we did have it on the section last week, that it was rumored that Greg Roman is headed to L.A. with Harbaugh. Uh, I talked a little bit about this with uh, uh, Scott and our guest Zach last week, but uh, uh, Frank says great for RBs and tight ends, bad for wide receivers if he is the play caller, Uh, which has not been, I think, officially announced, just that he's going to have a role. So I don't know if he is the OC, um, but um, or if he is, it might be if Harbaugh's calling the plays or what they're doing there. But um, what do you think? Roman is not something I'm particularly excited about, J. Mike. I I, I hear you, <laughs> and I, I hear you, and it's not like Greg Roman offenses haven't produced fantasy goodness. This is true for many seasons. The latest run at like how things kind of ended in Baltimore wasn't fun, right? It wasn't something that was imaginative, and it didn't feel like things really progressed forward for whatever reason, but there was a track record of Greg Roman offenses doing two things really well, getting the quarterback on the move and getting running backs, buku points. Um, and, and so with, with that said, whoever is now going to be the lead back in, in uh, LA for the chargers, you, you'd be super excited about that. And you'd be excited about the ceiling ideally being raised for Herbert in that he's going to get you past the 300, 350 rushing yards that he's kind of capped at. Lamar's MVP season was under Roman, right? Yes, correct. So, so you, so I think you're just excited for, you're just excited for what could be, even though things ended sour. So I'm not, I'm not in the camp of, of not thrilled about it. It Could, could it be more exciting? Sure. But I'm, I'm not mad at the, I'm not mad at the hire. Uh, You got any thoughts on that one, Andrew? I just, I, well, okay. So my first thought is I'm not a fan from fantasy standpoint, if Greg Roman is calling the plays there, but I don't know that he will. And we kind of hit on this a little bit, but I mean, Jim Harbaugh might not let him do that, right? Like Harbaugh might like might call the plays. And if that's the case, then you just have Roman kind of handling the other parts of it, which he's probably pretty good at by now. And I think he's got the skill and experience. His play calling was just too boring, right? He wasn't just wasn't flashy enough for what this offense needs. I'd be shocked if they let him. And I'd be shocked if he wants to at this point with all the, you know, bad press and getting run out in in Baltimore uh, last year, I think it was, right? I don't think he coached this year at all. Um, but point being like, I don't, I don't think he calls the plays, which means I'm probably okay with it. Like if, if he does call the plays, I'm a little more nervous, but that team needs so much help. I'm not sure if it's really going to be like, you know, the difference between them making the playoffs or not. I, I just don't think that's the case. But the, but previously when they were together, like he didn't didn't he call plays then when they were in well, San thought, Francisco together? See, that's what I was just trying to look that up. I thought Harbaugh did, but technically it, it does say in this one article on Reddit from nine years ago, which I can't. It's <laughs> just a quick look. But Greg Roman calls the plays and relays them to Harbaugh. And then Harbaugh relays them to Kaepernick at the time. So, like, it does seem like they're both kind of involved, which is maybe what is going to happen again. And I'm fine with that because even then, if if you've got Greg Roman picking three plays, you know, and then Harbaugh picks of those three, which ones to call in, that might be the best combination. It worked out well for the Niners back then. 
So I'm I'm not against that. I just don't want Roman being the the sole play caller like he was in Baltimore. That just didn't work well for me in fantasy. And we all I think we all kind of saw that. But then the other angle, the other, you know, the shoe on the other foot, the talent was very different. Right. Baltimore just didn't have the kind of splashy talent. And then, of course, they had injuries all over the place. And there was even a year where Lamar wasn't 100 percent. So, like, maybe it wasn't all Greg Roman's fault. Maybe it's just a bad fit. I don't know. So I, I feel like there's a lot of question marks and. I don't know anything's better than where the Chargers were last year because that was just ugly. So I'm happy for them and happy for their fans. So and for fantasy purposes too, it should be a better better year. Even with Greg Roman, I think it's a it's an upgrade. Yeah, one of the most interesting things to me, and Jay Mike kind of alluded to it, is though uh, he's had more mobile quarterbacks in the past, like Kaepernick and Lamar, but. Uh, Herbert, that was kind of one of the features of Herbert when he came out as a prospect was that he had some mobility and we haven't yeah. seen him utilize that as much. So maybe, maybe Roman does bring that out a little more given what he's done in the past, which could be very interesting and, uh, you know, increase Herbert's upside a little more. Uh, and Bowers, as Frank says, could go nuclear if he lands there in that system. I think everybody wants Bowers to go to LA at this point. Uh, that that could be That'd very be interesting. Great quarterback, yeah, and uh, uh, tight end. They definitely need a tight end, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last one was just that the Titans hired Jags passing game coordinator Nick Holtz as OC. All signs point to a pass-heavy system for Levis with Callahan Holtz. I don't know a lot about this guy. Uh, I, I, one thing that I saw is, do we think Levis is definitely the starting quarterback now the next year? I do, yeah. I think he played well enough to earn that, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it's a pass-heavy system, Henry's probably moving on, too, uh, from from all accounts, it seems like. Uh, it definitely could be a little interesting for Levis. I'm still not totally sold on Levis. I know he had some so, a nice game or two there, but uh, I, I I need to, to see more. I was not a big fan of Levis coming out. I'm not sure where you were on him, Jay Mike. I mean, look, you see the threads, all right? Yeah, that's right. That's right, I forgot. I will say, I, no, I, I, but but truly, there were just too many times where he would miss deep downfield, which was just disappointing. And I think that first game, he kind of, I won't say fooled everyone, but uh, he put on display when he was hitting DeAndre Hopkins all over the place. Uh, he kind of put on display like, oh, like this guy, because he's got a huge arm. The problem is not necessarily hitting deep, and the inconsistency intermediate. Now, here's the thing. He actually played so much better, so much better in Tennessee than I thought would have been, would have happened in this year, specifically behind an offensive line that was trying to get him killed week in and week out. Like, well, willfully trying to get him killed. <laughs> that's the that's the point I wanted to make here on this. It, the, the biggest hire, other than uh, Brian Callahan, is Bill Callahan. His dad is going to be the offensive line coach. And he comes from Cleveland, four years in Cleveland, where they had a terrific offensive line. So even if you're if you're looking at it like, oh, well, he just wants to coach with his son, you know, let's put him in. No, he's a terrific coach and a terrific get for this team that J. Mike just said needs offensive line help more than most teams in the league. The reason we saw so many long Henry runs is because he was doing it all himself. He was bursting into the hole and that was barely there and making it happen or getting to the outside, turning the corner and going because that's what he does. And I think you can kind of uh, you can you can have a bad offensive line when a guy like Henry is running the ball. You can kind of hide it. You know, it's not quite as obvious, but we saw it on full display when Levis had to throw the ball where he was getting hurried. He was getting moved around. I think that if nothing else, they bring somebody in there and, and Callahan Sr., 
who knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what's going to happen, and he can kind of predict what's going to happen. Their free agency is going to be terrific, I think, too. They're going to go get the guys that want to play with him. Like, this could change that entire offense, which, again, makes me very high on Levis in general, too, and saying, I think Levis is the guy. I think this team takes a step forward. I think Callahan's plural know what to do with him. And Nick Holtz, I don't mind Nick Holtz as the passing game guy from the Jags. They seem to throw the ball a little bit. So I feel like a lot of this is, you know, maybe painting the perfect picture, but I'm excited for this team. And I think if if they do what they should do and hell, Traylon Burks is actually healthy this year, you know, maybe they get somebody in free agency and this team is all of a sudden fantasy relevant again. That'd be great. So I'm looking forward to the Titans. Hate to yeah. say it, but it's true. I know Russ has been worried T. Higgins is going to go there, and he doesn't love that idea. I, I am I am nervous <laughs> of that as well. Yes, I think that's a fair concern, um, but I'm still holding down hope that uh, that the Bengals decide to find a way to keep him. Let's just put it that way. I think there's only two places that he goes, but we can talk about that another time. I think. Yeah. Well, no. Now I want to hear where you think he's going to get. <laughs> All right. If if Cincinnati lets him walk out the door, uh, excuse me. Yeah, obviously. If, I think Cincinnati probably hits him with the franchise. franchise. Yeah. If Cincinnati lets him walk out the door, there is going to be a massive Clemson reunion in Jacksonville. It'll be T, ETN, and Trevor Lawrence, just like old times. Oh, That'd be I like cool. That. I think Russ would love that. I think so. <laughs> Uh, Calvin Ridley would have to go. I was just going to say, if Calvin yeah. Ridley's uh, he's he's a free agent though, so I guess he might not be. If, if Calvin really Ridley and T. Higgins were on the same team, I think Russ's head would explode. <laughs> oh, no, <her> kids. <laughs> well, so the the other piece of this, I will agree. I think it's it between for me. I, that's a good point, and I had I forgot about the ETN bundle on that too. But uh, you know, I, I think Jags is a very very interesting team. I don't know if they have the the team build or the the real reason or need, but that would be fun. I'm with you on that. Titans, I think do make some sense, but I still feel like everything, all signs point to him playing, either playing on the tag or signing a very team friendly, you know, upfront, lots of money this year kind of deal because the borough contract is hit next year. Chase is going to need money. Like there's a chance that he signs like a three year, $38 million deal and 23 of it is this year, you know, something crazy like that. Because they have the cap this year. The Bengals have the room. It just they, they generally don't like spending it. But I feel like the way that the Bengals are built, there's a chance that he sticks around. They, they love – the team loves him. He loves the team. Him, Boyd, and Chase are on vacation, I think, even as we speak. Like, they, they just are, are at this point brothers that have just been through everything. So I it would be devastating to lose him. But, again, go get that bag, man. Go get that money. I don't blame you at all if you leave. So it, it's that's going to be an interesting free agency watch in March, though, for sure. No question. And you said you said two spots, didn't you? Or you, did you mean Cincinnati was one of them? Yeah, I mean, if Cincinnati lets him out walk out the door, I think the other piece is like somebody just throwing an absurd bag at him, um, like a la Carolina, a la like somebody who's just like desperate for like Kansas City would guy. be my other guess. Like Kansas City would be a killer spot for him because they would love to get a Bengals player I don't know for the they drama. Have money for that though. They don't, but that's the other thing. If they can win another Super Bowl, T might be looking at this like, I get to play with Pat Mahomes. Like, this might be my best chance. Like, there's a lot of fun narratives you can construct. Caroline is another good one. A young quarterback up and coming with a coach that just signed a six-year deal. Like, that, you know, it sounds like they're going to be in for a long rebuild in a sense. T is the perfect person to put there and, and have your wide receiver one locked down. You know, have him sign a four-year deal if that's what he's looking for. Like, so that would be fun. Like, there's a bunch of those teams out there that just need, you know, seven or eight pieces. <laughs> and maybe T's the first of those dominoes to fall. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be entertaining for sure. 
And then uh, before we move on, uh, one more question from the chat. Um, quick question back on the Chargers. Uh, are you any interest in buying Donald Parham for free in case they pass on Bowers? Everett is a free agent. I would say probably not. My guess is even if they don't draft Bowers, they probably draft a tight end if Everett is going, especially if they let Everett go uh, in free agency. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you guys have any interest in sending a third or a fourth for Donald Parham? I don't mind that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're looking for a, a upside pick with some options, you know what I mean? Like maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a chance that Parham becomes the guy. And even if he doesn't, you didn't spend much on the risk. So I don't mind that logic. Yeah. No, I'm out on that. I like, I like, I like having more uh, imaginative, dart throws for me uh i feel i feel like we've seen uh parm flirt long enough uh, and i'm 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 not with flirting i'm trying if i want you if i got you on the team i want you contributing toward uh toward some a little bit longer term relationship here so <laughs> that being said i think everett comes back or you know what i mean like i, I wouldn't be shocked everett's a vet at this point like he's pl- actually played pretty well this year i wouldn't be shocked at all if he comes back on a one-year you know team-friendly deal he's getting up there he doesn't have a lot of value and and, and i i'm tempted to make a very bold prediction that is based purely on vibes and not on facts but i have this odd suspicion and i actually just wrote about it this week in my article for fantasy pros that i have this odd suspicion that mark andrews is out in baltimore I think that they have an out this year. He's signed under contract. He's not a free agent, but this injury and everything, it would be interesting to see him go. And if he leaves, he would be the top free agent. And I think that's where you might see somebody like LA strike and go get like a huge monster like that and not have to worry about Bowers. So again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that would be a crazy twist if that did happen. Yeah, but that was so wild. You made uh, J Mike uh, totally mess up his phone there for a second. Rotate his phone. That's crazy. (laughs) But imagine there's a, there's Andrews, a lot happening to Andrews, like my god that'd be amazing there was a lot happening there i get it i do that sometimes um, but okay so we will move on do you j mike we always leave it up to the guests do you want to go to the trades next or the listener questions every time i listen i always try to guess what the person is going to do first <laughs> um, me too I, I just i just find that fun for some strange reason i would like to go with the trades first. That's what I was going to guess. I also get irrationally <laughs> upset when they say something other than what I predicted, which makes no sense. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Okay, so we will start with the trades. We have a we have a few here this week. Uh, reminder, trade addicts leagues are 12-team, PPR, Superflex, 1.75, tight end premium, with .05 for return yards, and we can just leave it at that because there's no TA1 trades this week. You're welcome. So, <laughs> the first yeah. trade is from TA2, actually made by me and Russ uh, tonight. Uh, I threw out some trades uh, because we were we only had three. This ended up being the fourth. Tried to get one or two more for the show, and uh, this is the only, only one that ended up getting a deal out of. We kind of went back and forth on a couple things, but it ended up with uh, – Brock Purdy and the 208 for Nico Collins and Kirk Cousins. So, J-Mike, what do you think of that one? (laughs) I think I hold – I tend to hold Kirk in higher esteem um, than probably I should. (laughs) Man, I think – oh, man. Frank says clearly Rocky didn't trade for Purdy. 
That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Plus, the other side um, is Kirk Cousins on it, so it's a bit of a giveaway of which side I got here. I do, I do love that. Like the the Purdy beef, I feel like really started the episode that I was on. <laughs> I don't know, a time or two ago where you, yes. you were you got to sound off a little bit and I was like, <laughs> yes. Oh, we didn't know. And that's been a running bit for a year plus now. Yes. Um I, I'll go with the Nico cousin side just because I think that if I if I was really if I was diligent, I could spin Nico into a first plus. Uh and I think that would be the thing that would make me feel much better about it seeing cousins first, late second for Late second and Purdy, I'd be good with that. What about you, Andrew? I just think it's wild that it, it's Nico Collins is the bigger part of that too on that side. That's just wild to me because Kirk Cousins a year ago was like you know obviously aging, but he was a starter and then he got hurt and Nico Collins blew up. So it's just weird to see those two flip flop. I think the value is right there. This is this is a very even trade. Uh, I think also it. It definitely feels like a Russ and Rocky trade, but I, I probably lean the Nico and Kirk side as well. I just think Cousins still has plenty left in the tank. I don't think he's done. I think he and Purdy are closer in terms of output than people may want to, I don't know, understand or listen to. I know Purdy's younger, and I know he's on an offense that we don't even know where Cousins is going to be for sure next year. I get all that, but in terms of when they're on the field producing for the next two or three years, which is all you can really guarantee, I think they're pretty close. I mean, Again, not in terms of dynasty value, but in terms of output. And if that's the case, I'm willing to take the hit and take the risk to add Collins, who was a stud this year. So, yeah, I like that trade, and I like the uh, the Coco side, Cousins and Collins, for sure. <laughs> Coco. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yes, I did get the Cousins and Collins side. I had a feeling, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, I love Cousins. Uh, this team is uh, not the greatest team. So I may actually end up flipping both of these pieces, uh, even though I do love Cousins. I know Cousins isn't going to return. Cousins I may have to trade post-draft to really get. Uh, we well, might have to wait till free agency at least. Yeah, yeah. kind of let him let, get a landing spot. And then that's when you trade on the news of wherever he, if he re-signs in Minnesota or goes somewhere else. I mean, that's when you strike if you have Cousins. Yeah, but even if, he, if he, even if he goes back to Minnesota, though, like he's now going back to Minnesota with Jetta's ideally healthy and established and established now Jordan Addison as the two, as opposed to like a budding number two. And then obviously ideally Hawkinson coming back, like all of a sudden, like that becomes a lot more fun of a situation than what he started with and was playing with yep. early last season prior to his injury. Yeah, and and if I don't if I don't flip uh, Nico, I, I do like Nico as as a player. Uh, I, I I agree with Jay Mike. I definitely think that you could get get a pretty decent return for him. But if I end up with him, I don't hate that either. Even on a, not even I should say on a rebuilding team, he's still a young player. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're going to go um, big on wide receiver this year. I guess it's a possibility with the Texans, but uh, with the way Collins and Tank Dell produced, I don't know that they they're going to feel they need to invest a ton in wide receiver, either in, either in draft capital or in free agency. Uh, I guess we'll see in a month or so. Um, and the, I, I really don't think it's going to happen in the draft. I think if they do anything, they're going to sign a free agent. Uh, I don't see them investing significant draft capital on a guy. But 
maybe that's just me. But yeah, so I, I do like Nico as a player, but uh, yeah, I definitely had this in mind that especially with Cousins that I might try and flip him. And Collins, like you said, is also a possible flippable piece. And we all know I'm not the biggest Purdy supporter. So <laughs> uh, this was pretty easy for me uh, to accept it once it came through. Uh, so yeah, that's where my thinking was on that. But we'll move on to the TA5 trade. Uh, which is what we have next. And this is a kind of interesting one. A lot going on here. Uh, Devon A. Chain and the 209 for Geno Smith, Javante Williams, Deontay Johnson, and the 212. Andrew, I'll let you start on this one. What do you What do you think there? Uh, this one's wild to me. I, I get the love for Devon A. Chain, and I, I like Devon A. Chain myself. I think A. Chain is going to be one of those guys that we see a lot in Dynasty but it's a super flex league and running backs are notoriously fragile. And, and as much as we love them, I mean, Jonathan Taylor last year was a sure thing. Javante Williams was the next coming of God. And he's even in this trade. I, I love the idea of getting a quarterback without having to give one up. You're moving down three picks. So that's negligible to me. So yeah, it's Geno Smith's side, not necessarily by a mile, but I really like the Geno side. I'm also still believing in Javante and Deontay, you know, not because they rhyme, because I think both of those guys are very talented. And uh, so, yeah, I think that side for me, as much as I love Devonta Chan, that's a ton of good value to get for him. So, yeah, I'll gladly trade him away for those four assets, I guess, three plus the pick. Is that where you're at, Jay, Mike? What, what was the pick one more time? Uh, 18 and the 209, and then the 212 was on the other side with the three players. Let me ask this Are do, do y'all think any of those three players are worth a first right now? I think there are some leagues you might be able to get like Gino and Javante, like something like that might be worth a first, but I'm not sure straight up. No, I, don't no, I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't pay a first for any of them. Maybe, maybe, yeah, and- Javante, maybe a very late first for Javante, but I am. I am higher than most people on Javante. I think a lot of Same. people are not. Yes. Yeah. I think I think I think part of this for me is um and maybe this I, I don't man, I'm really not one to try to package a bunch of excuse me, to like package a bunch of assets to move them. I, I like acquiring a lot of assets, but in this case, I think I'm on the A chance side. I think that even even in his truncated work, body of work. Um, I think I saw something the other day where his yards per carry was like maybe best all time for like 100 carries minimum or something in a season. Like maybe not best, but like it's it's it was an absurd thing. Yeah. And so if if I'm looking at him as like if you look at him as a premium asset, even if he's getting 12, 14 carries or touches in a game, like you like that. Like that feels really good. If I can get 12 to 15 touches out of a chan, HM, I like that a lot. And then I try to just piece together, like, what does it look like for me to even part with him if I'm trying to move him? Like, I I'm, I probably want multiple firsts if I'm going to move him. And so coming off of HN for a quarterback that I think is probably coming back and is going to be a part of Seattle's new situation or whatever, I don't know. Um, Javante Williams, I think I'm just out on from the standpoint of not because I think he's a bad player, but – Rocky, you and I had talked about this prior to the season, just in terms of like getting on or off of that train. I don't think I'm getting back on this one. There was nothing this season that told me like, Hey, I need to get back in. And they have Jaleel McLaughlin who also showed out multiple times. And Deontay Johnson's being a guy that if we look at the wide receiver landscape right now, like I I don't know that I can definitively say that he's a top 
24 wide receiver in dynasty top 30. So, so I think that I take the moonshot with a Chan here uh, and, and I get to either play around and try to do more fun, have more fun with assets, or I just take a premium asset that I know if he's going to get touches specifically in the offense that he's in, in his second year, like sky's the limit. Like that's, that, that's the stuff that you want in your lineup in a TA league is I'm only starting 10 folks. And if I'm going to be starting someone, I want someone to be able to help get me to the freaking moon. So yeah, I think, I think I'm on the eight chance out here. And I think Jay might convince me there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I really like two of these players too. I'm a big Javante guy. I love the talent of Deontay, but I think Jay mm-hmm. Mike has a point there. The reason he's not a top possibly even top 30 wide receiver in dynasty is because of the quarterback play there. And I don't know that that's going to get better. Um, we've talked, you know, we've, uh, uh, people have thrown it out in the chat and I think we joked about it on the pod that we'd love to see him get like a cousins there or something like that. But Pittsburgh generally doesn't do that sort of thing. Right. So if, if we're stuck with Pickett or, or Mason Rudolph or something. With off Arthur scrap, Smith now, by the way. Yes. With Arthur Smith <laughs> or something off the scrap heap, uh, that's not going to help Deontay either. And uh, I still think he's a target monster, but when those targets are coming from total dog crap quarterbacks, it's really hard to produce. So I, I think Jay might convince me because, yeah, I mean, obviously the best asset here is, is Devon A. Chain. Uh, oh, by a mile. Yeah, that's yes. not even the debate. Yeah. And you're, you're banking on a lot of uh, risky propositions on the other side there. So I think if I'm moving A-Chain, uh, like I said, I do like two of those players, but I think I need one higher level asset than the three that are there. Uh, and I don't like Gino at all. Like uh, people have tried to sell me Gino multiple times and I've never, I don't think I've traded for Gino anywhere. So the one Gino share I think I have is in, in one of the junkies leagues where Andrew got him to throw in like a year before he actually started, I think a game for Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't even want him then. And then it turned out to work out. Okay. Cause we didn't pay much for him, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I think, I don't think it's awful, but yeah, I think I lean the A chain side there as well. Well, uh, I want to I want to jump in real quick and just say this: I I don't I agree with what you said, Jay Mike, and you're actually on a good point there. The the only question mark I would have on this trade, if I had a Chan, would be I, I would like to get more, right? And I, I'm not saying that this is the most you could get. But that being said, we've all played in leagues, and trade addicts leagues aren't necessarily like this, but we've all played in leagues where this is the most you can get. A Chan at this point is running back six, according to DLF ADP in January. Like, I don't know if there's a lot of room to move up. They still might split the ball a lot. That offense looked a little bit wonky at times. I just, I'm not 100% sold on that. And I love getting out on running backs when they're in that top five to seven kind of range because the chances of them going to RB3 are slim to none. You know, McCaffrey is RB4. You know what I mean? Like that, we're, we're, that's, there's very few running backs that can hold that value year over year. So I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. I'm just trying to defend a little more on where I'm coming from. Like I'm usually get out on running backs in February, like just kind of trade high, get high. And I would like to get more than this. Don't get me wrong. But this is kind of like that floor where I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this because it depends on the team too. If I need starters, if I'm looking for depth, if I've got other running backs or just don't care about running backs. I think Javante could be a guy. Gino could be, I could start all three of those guys. And if my team needs starters, that makes sense. So I, again, I think it's a pretty even trade, but I'm just not huge on trading for a running back in February. That's just kind of my, my process. Mm-hmm. 
And before we move on to the next uh, TA trade, I do want to get to a question that was thrown out in the chat by Corey. Uh, 12-team Superflex League. He has Dak Purdy, Love, and Rodgers, so four quarterbacks, so likely starting in 2024. Uh, would you try to flip Purdy or Love and Hollywood for A.J. Brown is his question. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I would not I, – I, I like Love more than Purdy. I don't know about you guys. Um, I get Purdy um, – has the overall better weapons. I just, we know my thoughts on Purdy. I I was impressed by what I saw of Love and Purdy. I think has done well with what he has there. If if the weapons go away, if if McCaffrey starts showing his age, if if uh, you know if, if they have to move on from uh, Debo or Ayuk for salary cap reasons, I think things are going to fall off for Purdy. But that's just me. <laughs> so, uh, Jay, Mike, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, I'm with you in that. I think I have. I, I would. I would value love above Purdy. I'm probably hanging on to love. Um, if it if it's in reference to an AJ Brown move, I think Purdy's a discussion for me. Um, That's the way I feel, and I'm not sure where I fall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if he if they don't win the Super Bowl, I don't know how much does that change his outlook. I don't know. But again, he he kind of defied the odds again this season by being very good, even though he's not a world beater. But he knows how to throw the ball on time. He anticipates, does all these wonderful things, and was a top what six quarterback in fantasy this year. Um, and in a weird in a weird year, right? In a weird quarterback mm-hmm. year, scoring year. Yeah. But but still, like that's that's not nothing. And so, I think that I think that's the discussion is like, oh, do I really want to move Purdy for AJ Brown? I don't know. I don't know about that. That, that, That's currently a push and it's really a cop out. I know people probably are not here to listen to cop out answers, but that's what I have to chew on a while. I, I, and again, this is going to sound like Purdy hate, and but I think I would lean towards doing it just because of his team situation. The fact that he can still start Dak, Love, and Rogers does make a difference to me. Mm. Uh, I mean, I I know value is value, but it, it makes it a little easier depart with Purdy for me uh, when I have three start, And I know one of them is only maybe starting one year, but yeah. uh, you still got two guys that you're going to have for, for years to come. I mean, Dak is 30, but he could still play for another five, six, seven years. So uh, that makes it a little easier for me to move on from Purdy. Like if, if Purdy was like, uh, if he just had Dak Purdy and like, you know, I don't know. Baker Mayfield or something that might change my opinion a little on it. But the fact that I have four starting quarterbacks, uh, I think I'm more willing to, to kind of get that elite asset in AJ Brown. But what are your thoughts, Andrew? I, I like the bones of this. I think the way that J Mike put it is like, I'd have to chew on the Purdy and Brown and, and adding Hollywood Brown, obviously I'm not too worried about, right. That's, that's a piece, but it's not a vital piece. But to me, if you're going to be sending Purdy and Hollywood Brown, I would want to get quarterback and a Brown back. Right. So like, can I get like, can I add uh, Sam Howell to that? Aiden O'Connell, like Kenny Pickett, even we were just talking about, like, can I get one of those guys that maybe you're not too high on just to give me a, an upside flyer in my quarterback position? Because again, I mean, it, I don't want to say it's like a stickler, but I generally do not trade away quarterbacks without getting one back in super flex leagues. It just makes me feel like weak. And so even if I'm getting somebody back, like an Aiden O'Connell or Sam Howell, like some of those guys, like 
who we're not sure, like hell, Desmond Ritter, right? Like some of those guys that we're just not sure about what they're going to do. I'd much rather have that than not have that. And so it's like, if that's going to be a sticking point for you, then maybe I, I go, okay, then I'll just take it without, right? Or I try to get to the, you find a quarterback on their bench, like their third or fourth or fifth best quarterback, right? But if they're getting Purdy, I want to tax the hell out of them for that in my mind. And as good as I like A.J. Brown, and obviously he's the best player, I think, in this deal, but I, I still would be like, nah, you're still getting a quarterback. I'm going to make sure you pay the price for that. So I don't hate the trade as it is, but I would try to get a little more, even if it's a second. You know, sometimes you can get people even now still throwing seconds around to make deals close. So, you know, I it's, we talked about this on Junkies a couple different times, I know, where it's like, did, did this offer get sent to you or are you sending it to someone else? That matters a lot too, right? If somebody sent you, and you let's say you have AJ Brown and they sent you Purdy and Brown for Brown. I'm probably taking the Purdy and, and Hollywood side. You know what I'm saying? Like it just straight up, like I'll take the quarterback without giving one up. But if it was the other way around and they're wanting Purdy and and Hollywood Brown for my AJ Brown, I'm gonna be like, nah, give me the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like that's it, kind of where, you know, well, I'm doing it backwards, but you get my point. Like I want a little bit of tax on that. And that's kind of where context is always key and timing is everything and all that. But that's kind of where my head goes is I want a little bit of something, something. That's all. I hear that. I, like I said, the fact that he has four quarterbacks makes it a little easier for me to do it without a, uh, a quarterback in return. But we'll move on to the next one, which is TA6 and what was made by our featured guest here tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, a lot smaller trade, though, uh, which <laughs> is Tucker Craft for a 2025 second. And J. Michael loves to do this kind of thing where he moves off players for future picks. Especially, I, I've seen him do it a couple of different times in TA6 a year out, uh, kind of taking advantage of people like me who don't value the ones that are another year away as much as maybe they should. Um, this wasn't me, though. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this, actually, on either side. I think this is pretty fair. I don't know that Tucker Kraft may never be anything. He actually did uh, come on a little bit in the second half. Uh, I think Musgrave was banged up. And... Uh, but there's no telling which guy is, uh, if any of either of them is ever going to be kind of like the featured guy. It, it could just be some games are Tucker Graft games and some games are Luke Musgrave games. So a, 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 a second, a year out, uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, since it's J. Mike's trade, Andrew, I'm going to throw it to you and then we can uh, let J. Mike finish up with his thoughts on what he was thinking here. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my first thought is I want the pick. I think that was probably the right move. I think this is the the kind of pick that a 25 second sounds like oh, it's two years out, you know, like, oh, but the craft may not be anything, you know what I mean? Like you could also use the logic of like, well, craft, you know, is worth what he's worth. And the second could be somebody could be even be craft, right? Like that classic uh, family guy reference we all talk about, but I mean, there's no guarantee in life and, and maybe the value is on the value side and just take that pick and just roll it into something else. I think there is a there is a world where you can get more than a second for craft, but that's a minority world. Like that's not very likely. Like it's it's possible, but not probable, right? So I think if you can get out of craft right now, I think that's a good move. I mean, for reference, I, I actually got an offer in junkies, I think it was in junkies two. Uh it was uh me sending Tucker Craft for Brandon Cooks. And I'm like, I just, I, I don't need Brandon Cooks, like, you know, wide receiver three, possibly a wide receiver six for fantasy. Like that does nothing for me. I'd rather take the upside. Right. But if it was a second, I'd send Kraft for a second. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, even if I don't, if I need a tight end, if I don't have a better starter, 
So I'm I'm hoping you took the second based on our discussion here. But uh, I guess what was your thought? Did you send it? Did you receive it? Just since we have you, might as well get some of that detail too. Yeah. So in in this particular instance, I sent Kraft to get the 25 second, and uh, so I, again, trade addict six, and so I've got um, a, a series of tight ends and. and just like Rocky said, and I, I think he's he, he he must have me pegged pretty well, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm totally happy to send a player out and and be able to get the pick two years out. And I think that that's something that you, I, and Rocky discussed. Maybe I don't know if it was on Junkies, maybe two years ago, a year ago, or so, it was, or yeah, something. A year and a half. Yep, twenty-two. Um, yeah, and, and so I'm I I'm just always of the mindset of for me, I am totally okay with the two years out piece. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moved by, okay, 25 or 24. Um, typically when we get to this time of the year, obviously now we know where some of those 24 first or seconds might be. And so now you have a general idea of like what that looks like. But, but for me, generally speaking, if it, if we're two years out, cool, I'll take the 25 pick. Craft is someone I think that I drafted with a late third last year. Obviously outperformed that, as you said, with Musgrave now out. Uh, and I'm okay with the re-roll. And I also am one who is, I think I've said this on this podcast and probably pen, plenty others before, like I am a child of Madden. Madden raised me. And so Madden franchise mode um, raised me. And even though I don't play it hardly any these days, it I, I love making draft picks. I love making the picks. Uh, I love playing around with assets and moving things around and just getting weird. I love um, being able to have this, the flexibility of the picks. And so while Kraft is someone that who knows, he could, he could end up being awesome, overtake Musgrave. And we we just talked about how much we enjoy love and how much, how the um, Green Bay offense is ascending and who knows, it, it could be really awesome. And so being able to find a trade partner who's like, you know what, I'm okay with, I'm a, that my trade partner says, Hey, I'm okay with taking on craft because if I make that second, I don't know what I'm going to end up getting with that second, but I know that I would like craft. I would love to be able to have a player like craft in this, in this role. And for me, it's like, okay, I get another shot to be able to try to shoot for the moon or try to be able to hit or just have use as an asset to have fun with um, and, and build maybe into another trade or who, who knows what at this point. So uh, I, I love how it worked out. I love to be able to, like like Rocky said, get off of players for a pick and push it way out. And again, usually I feel like that's one of one of those small edges that that I tap into from time to time, just when people are not not worried about. It. And it's cool because it works out because they always think, "Hey, I can get this pick back later." I'm yep. always of the mindset of, "You might get it, but you ain't finna get it for me." So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll cost you but, more but, than you did. But it works now. out well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it works. It just works. And, and this is why J. Mike has an awesome team and then always has a bunch of firsts and seconds and TX right. as well. Um, but, it works. Yeah. yeah. So our last trade comes from TA9 and is uh, basically a draft pick trade. Uh, 105 for 108 plus Marvin Mims. For me, and I, I am not, I have not, we, me and Andrew were talking about this before the show. I haven't uh, dived deep into to the draft yet. It's still early February. Uh, I'll probably do that as February moves on into March. Um, but from what I'm hearing, it sounds like there's probably a bit of a tear break after 107 or so, which makes me, one depending on, on, on who you like there, but 106, 107 in that area. And for that reason, I 
to me, Marvin Mims is not enough to drop from 105 to 108. 105, um, maybe if you're lucky, one of the three quarterbacks drops there that are expected to go in the first round, uh, early first round. Uh, or you could get a Bowers there, and, it, and TA is a tight end premium league, mm-hmm. um, or Neighbors. Uh, I think it's not. I don't have enough faith in Marvin Mims to make that drop worth it to me. But, uh, Andrew, I see you nodding a lot there. What do you think? Oh, 105 easily. Yeah, I, I'll gladly give up the 108 and Marvin Mims. You know, giving up Mims to move up three spots, it sounds like you're trading Mims for three spots. That's exactly what you're doing here, right? I will gladly give that up at this three spots. We're not talking about 405 to 408. We're talking about 105 to 108. I've seen some different tier breaks on on the rookies and, and just purely on talent. And there's a lot of people that are saying it's seven. I've seen some that are saying it's five, right? I, you, there's always going to be a couple of landing spots that vault people up into that tier. You might have some people fall out and all that. I don't hate the 108, but if I can trade up for the price of Marvin Mims, I'm gladly out. You can have him. And somebody else on the other side of this might have been like, I think there's going to be nine guys that I want and I'll take the extra flyer on Mims. Like that's what I love about trading. There's nobody wrong here, but I will gladly give up Mims to move up three spots in this draft. I just feel like it's very top heavy, um, which I don't think is what I expected a year ago. And, and Jay, Mike, maybe you can touch on that a little more being that you're better on the, the rookie evaluation side, but I'm really looking at, you know, again, early, like you said, Rocky, early analysis. I want something in that 105, 106 range if I can get it. And I'll gladly give up the eight Mims to do it. I think we're in this place where for this for this year, we're looking at probably six blue chippers, right? Like six guys where we're like, I am really happy to add these six players to any team. This is Caleb Williams, uh, Drake May, quarterback, Jaden Daniels, quarterback. We've got the two receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and then Brock Bowers, uh, tied in out of Georgia. And I think that if you have the opportunity to be in the position to take any of those players, you've, you've done something very right. And what Andrew said is also correct in that it happens every year. Someone rides, someone rides a rocket from obscurity or from second round in the muddle. That's the second up to, Oh man, this guy's now fringe. Like we're, we're taking him. Are we good one, Xavier Worthy or Romo Dunze. Like what? Like would you? You know, Adonai Mitchell or Romo Dunze. Like somebody's gonna come up and then flirt with figuring that out. Especially in a year when the running backs aren't the bee's yep. knees that everybody is wanting. And so there's going to be a lot of jockeying in that area of the 108. But I'm with Andrew in that. Give me the 105 because that allows me to be able to be have a blue chipper or. Uh, be able to recoup a ton of value in, in moving off of that pick. If, if if I'm so want to, I do find Marvin Mims to be a really interesting piece though, just because everything that could go wrong last year, Barry Murphy's law uh, in Denver, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And so now Sean Payton, ideally having a little bit more of a pulse of, Hey, this is what I want to do versus having to deal with Russ or whatever, whatever the situation is. It could be fun to see how, how they leverage Marvin, but he didn't hardly get leverage this past season. So it's, it's weird, but again, 105 side. Let me stop. 105. <laughs> okay. So we're all in agreement there. Uh, we'll move on now to the listener questions. Uh, first one, uh, and I, I guess I should mention in case uh, people did not see on Twitter, uh, Russ always loves to throw that random question out at the end of the tweet. And uh, my random question today was, 
because I, I had I did mention last week Russ is going to be out for a few weeks, and uh, I said, give me your uh, what is your uh, random scenario that, that that's keeping Russ away from the podcast, basically. Uh, so uh, the first one comes from at Bob Kilchrist FF, our buddy Bob. Uh, he said, Russ has decided he is taking his talents to South Beach in answer to that question. <laughs> and now he said, now as for Jay Mike, what is your favorite cold weather soup? And why is it my Southwestern chicken corn chowder? Chowder, chowder. <laughs> I, I, I must say, I, I, of all the things that I've had um, that, that Bob has made in the last two years in Canton, when we meet up for the expo, I don't know that his chowder uh, is something that I, that I was able to consume. So I'm a, oh, I, I, yeah. I know I, I'm, I'm disappointed, at, but I, I love soups and I would love to try his chowder. I do love a good lobster bisque. Um, I do love a good chicken tortilla soup. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm also a very, very big fan of chicken and wild rice. Um, mm. That is like a homemade chicken and wild rice really hits, hits, hits home for me. But there's way too many to list. There's potato yeah. soups. There's like it. It's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> did you want to? I'm not a big soup guy. So did you want to chime in on the soups, Andrew? Or do we just move on to the next question? I'll say I live in Cincinnati. I know Jay Mike. You're from the area as well. I'm a big fan of chili. You know, and we have our, our Cincinnati chili. So any chili, any hearty chili is good for me in cold weather. Perfect tailgate move too. But something that always takes me back to my childhood that my mom used to make when it got cold out was cream of mushroom soup. That one just always kind of fills my soul a little bit. I don't eat a lot of mushrooms. So anytime I can get some of you know, that's the one time I'm like, hell yeah, give me some of that. So yeah, I'm not a huge soup guy, but I do like a little, you know, spicy soups, like the spicy tortillas. Yeah. Give me some of that. But yeah, cream of mushroom is always what like is my go-to if I'm feeling sick. You know what I mean? Like you can have your noodle. I'll take the mushroom. That's where I go. Okay, and our next uh, question came from at Jake Churbridge. Uh, I don't have a single dynasty share. And we kind of talk, talked about this already. He says, I don't have a single dynasty share of Jordan Love. Should I be afraid? Should I just start all of my teams over? Help! So, <laughs> any other comments you guys want to make? Want to expand on Jordan Love a little bit? Uh, uh, J. Mike here, uh, you know, uh, should he be concerned he has not a single dynasty share of Jordan Love? Especially being a, a Packers fan, I know. He, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, he, he should be ashamed. He should be taken to the city city streets, town square, and flogged for sins. Uh, I do think that Jordan Love really showed off to close last year, and especially the the heights that we were able to see even as the passing pieces around him continued to shuffle and get weird and be unproven. Like, I think that's the part that makes it most impressive for me, what he did. It it wasn't just that he was awesome and making throws and dealing and just like dotting up defenses. I mean, he's doing this with a bunch of dudes who like, who, who are you Bo Melton? Who are you Dontavian Wicks? Tucker Craft? Like, what are we doing? And and for him to be able to do that and see my boy Romeo Dobbs go crazy, like it, it's just really cool to see. And so now you start wrestling with okay, I, I move. We've moved him up, but like where? Where are we moving him up to in the landscape of QB? Um, so yes, he should be very concerned. Uh, shame on you for not letting your fandom take more control of your rosters. Uh, I, I love you, Jake, but uh, Trowbridge, it's a it's, it's a miss. It's a miss on your miss on your end. 
Uh, I was just used to when she said, "Where are we moving into?" That was uh, maybe one. Of, I have the the, the DLF ADP up. Uh, in January, uh, he was still at QB fourteen, which seems low to me. Yeah. No, no shot. Yeah. No exactly. shot. So I want to see how high we're moving him up. I, I'm pretty sure you're going to move him up over this guy. Kyler Murray is a QB 13. I want to hear from both of you. Both Jordan Love there? I'll take uh, – yeah, Jordan Love. Love, but Kyler should probably be higher too, but Love. Yeah. Well, this is where it gets fun, right? There, there's only 12 higher. Like this right, is where it gets right, tight right, right. up in the top 12, man. Yeah. Love, love or Fields? Ah! <laughs> Can you, can you ask me in May? Like I just I want to know where he is, and I want to know what the team spent to get him if they got him. Like there's just so many question marks. So as of today, I gotta go love. But I think if Fields is in the right offense, that talent could really shine. But that's Give me love. Give me love. Okay, so we we've moved up to twelve. Love or T Law? Love. I lean T Law there because I just like the weapons more. But I, I don't I don't hate that. That's getting really close. As, yeah, as, as a Jags fan, I can I can say that Jack supporter, I should say, uh, I, he he has vastly underwhelmed with our dear uh, and my idea. I mean, an absolute jerk in Urban Meyer, and he has vastly <laughs> underwhelmed when the when, when when things when we needed him the most in this past season. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going love for right now. Give me love. Yeah, that's really close to me. I I. I think I lean love, but yeah, it's really close. <laughs> it's mm. hard to say. Uh, I, I, I mean, Tila hasn't been awful, but he's not been what we what we hoped he would be. Uh, the next one at 10 would be Jordan Love or Tua? Love. Well, yeah, I'm going Tua there. That's, that, that's again, that's, that's tight for me, but I'm just not that in on love. Yeah, it's another one that's close for me. I I, I like Tua a little more than T-Law. I, w- I would have him slightly above T-Law, and I think I lean Tua there, but I can see I can see the other side. Okay, so for J. Mike then, let's go to nine. Uh, Jordan Love or Anthony Richardson? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> 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 and I, <laughs> I got to say. Anthony Richardson and his extra small sample size. We talk about players that can take you to the moon. Um, he, he he showed that, and, and he was much better than I thought he would be out the gate. Probably Anthony Richardson, uh, but man, man, I, yeah, I will say Richardson. Okay, and I think the top, that was QB9, so that would put uh, Love at 10. But I just want to ask, I think the top seven are no-brainers over Love. I want to ask the guy at eight, Dak Prescott or Jordan Love. Love, I'll take Love. I get I'll the age reset. Over Dak too, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I get the age reset too. Yeah. Too inconsistent yeah. for me. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think uh, J. Mike basically has him at QB nine, and then Andrew would have him a couple spots. The top seven are start. The lowest is Herbert, like Herbert Burrow, Stroud. So I think at that point we're all going those guys over Love. So yeah. Uh, but so let me let me ask this, Rocky. Let me ask this: What do I need to add to Jordan? Excuse me. What would I need? What would I need to add to Jordan Love to get to uh, a Jalen Hurts? I need I need a first plus. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, 
Maybe not two firsts, but definitely a first plus. A first and maybe a second value, something like that. Because I, I, to me, I still value Hurts very highly. He kind of, he definitely struggled last year in a real from a real life perspective, uh, more so than he definitely did in 2022. Uh, but he still had a great fantasy season. I mean, he, uh, I, I was uh, looking at some stuff today, um, kind of preparing for um, a, a D, upcoming DGN. And I believe he had in TA scoring 400 fantasy points. So uh, he still had a very, very good fantasy yeah. season, even if he uh, struggled a bit from a real life perspective. So, and I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. So that would be the only other worry. Um, you know, they just extended him last year. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, he's going to get all the chances in the world to, 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 to write the show. Again, he wasn't awful last year. They were 10 and one and he was performing pretty well. Like the whole team tailed off in the second half and he was part of that. But uh, yeah, I I would need a lot to, to move down from Hertz to, to love. And and that's from a guy who likes to, to move down the quarterback, but uh, I still, I I would still have Hertz um, only behind probably uh, Allen and uh, maybe Mahomes. Um, and that's, I would still have him at three. Is that where you guys, would you guys have anybody else above him from a dynasty perspective? Um, I, probably not. I'll, I'll wrestle with Burrow just because of like, I, just being able to see what he's been able to do, but. And Stroud I, I guess is the thing to me, but I think I need to see a little more. Same, same. And I think I just asked because if, if I have love that high, uh, it, it, as, as we, as you walk me through that, which thank you for doing so. Mm-hmm. Th- then I need to also figure out, okay, if I have love that high, what would it look like for me to be able to tear down? And what would it look like for me to be able to add to in the cases where I'd like to like shoot for the moon. And it sounds like I'm higher on love. So I probably would have to add more than I think I would want to, but I think, I think that it's worth, I think that it's worth exploring. Well, but that makes love a great target for you, though. If you're higher than the market, right, that's something you can exploit where you can tear down to love and get, you know, trade away hurts for love and a first, it sounds like, right? Like, you'd be happy to do that, maybe. Like, that's where you can kind of look at the inefficiencies and kind of pick yourself aside and kind of go, all right, well, not saying that they're equal, but if the value is, you know, love plus a lot and you value love a lot, you're getting a lot, right? That could be an option for you to look at. It's like two tiers down probably, but yes, uh, you, you, I think you're spot on with that. That makes sense. Well, just to answer yeah. too, like I, I kind of have Allen and Mahomes in the top tier and then Hertz was in that tier, but he was just a little spottier than usual. And I don't think we're talking enough about losing Jason Kelsey. I really do think that's going to make a difference both with the brotherly shove, tush, push, whatever like that. He's a big part of that. But I don't also, agree, changing... although it's not a hundred percent official yet. I will say. No, that. I know. I, I feel like it's not official, but it's probably going to happen. And I think he doesn't want to take the shine away from Travis and the Super Bowl and all that. Like I, I totally get that. But with the podcast and everything and, and the way he's enjoying life as a fan, I, I just, I totally understand too. He deserves to retire. He's, he's done everything he needed to do, but I'm just saying that change is going to be a lot. And I think sometimes people misunderstand that that relationship between a center and a quarterback is, is really hard to duplicate. And I think that love or sorry, love hurts is going to struggle a little bit this year. And maybe it's just a narrative and it's not real, but I just, I wouldn't be shocked if he does. Maybe that's the better way to put it. So for now I'm, I'm putting him out of that top tier and into the second tier with those guys you mentioned, Burrow and Lamar, I think is in that too, to be honest with you. I think Lamar is actually, you know, signing that deal and that offense turning around. Like 
I really, really like where Lamar is going this year. And Zay Flowers showed up. We saw them play a pretty good game. The last game you saw Lamar was not great. So I think that left people with a bad taste, but I put them all kind of in that second tier. And then I'm probably, I'm probably putting love in that, you know, QB 10 to 12, QB 10 to 15 kind of tier, you know, like there's a big gap there that, that anybody can fill in, but I don't hate any of that. And I do think that the gap between love and Hertz is probably a first. So I'm kind of with you on that Rocky, give or take. Okay. And uh, we'll move on to our next question then, which comes from FF Tommy B. Ask a question almost every week at this point. Love you, Tommy. Uh, also going to be a, a new uh, part-time co-host on okay. Junkies. Had to get that plug in. Sorry. First, he on the on the Ross question. He says, "Is there truth? Russ has faded into the ether, a la Tinkerbell, due to the lack of relevant incoming big Clemson wide receivers to the NFL." Uh, so, I that, that could be possible, Tommy. I'm not sure. But uh, J. Mike, what game show do you think you'd realistically have the best chance of winning? That's Tommy's question for you. Tommy is such a stinking treat. Man, I've really (laughs) enjoyed getting to know him and being in the same league and even hearing his mind on Superflex Super Show and now even more on the the junkie. So I'm I'm excited that he's he's good people. Thank you, Tommy. Um, I think that I would absolutely destroy Supermarket Sweep. (laughs) all of those jingles all those jingles and things of that nature of just trying to remember and find where things are in the grocery store like i would obliterate that being a dad of three daughters who are growing and eating up everything as though they were boys um having to run and get feminine products for my wife and obviously um just shopping in general for groceries i would i would crush a supermarket sweep that's a great answer. That's that's a great answer. There's a I don't know if anybody has this, but on Samsung TV Plus, you know, like if you get a smart TV from Samsung, it just has a bunch of channels that just show up, right? One of them is a supermarket sweep channel, and it's just back to back to back reruns. Oh my goodness! And once we found that, that's just on before we pick Netflix or something. You know what I mean? Like it just comes, and it's just every time it comes on with those big poofy '80s sweatshirts. You know, I'm just like, man, this show is amazing. Like, how do they do this? So but good. then they, they do some of the clues and I'm like, I have no idea because that brand doesn't exist anymore. Right. So <laughs> it's just such a wild trip through time. But yes, that's a terrific answer. J Mike. Well done. Yeah. I love it. Okay. <clears throat> uh, next question is from at making you viral on Twitter. And he says, I know it's silly to ask as it's all pretend, but where is the best landing spots for the incoming QBs wide receivers? And he also said, uh, Russ is out using a set of special skills and then gave us a gift of Liam Neeson in Taken. So <laughs> that, that that's his take on where Russ is right now. But uh, Jay Mick, what do you think? What best landing spots for incoming QBs wide receivers? So many of the mocks I think have it, ha- have what I think is pretty clear. I don't think the quarterbacks are leaving the top four. If you want me to dream a little bit, just to be able to try and get weird, um, I do think it would be a lot of fun uh, in the event that one of the teams that um, did not traditionally get involved in the top three um, did so. So I'm I'm thinking uh, a team that, I don't know, and we said that they never really do this, but what if Pittsburgh traded up to get one of the top quarterbacks? Like that would make 
like that would be a lot of fun, I think, for them to do that. But as it stands, I, I won't get too crazy. Marvin to Arizona immediately makes him what a top six dynasty wide receiver, probably. Um, if you pair him with Kyler, like you give Kyler a legitimate monster. And what happens if Malik Neighbors goes to Justin Herbert uh, at, at six yep. overall in San, in, uh, in San Diego uh, and for the LA Chargers? All of a sudden, you're looking at a guy who is the heir apparent to Keenan Allen's goodness and is dynamic and wins at every area of the field. And again, when I think about the prospects coming in, I think, okay, do what players, what number of players in this draft have the ability to have an entire passing game built around the things that they do? They're the only two. Um, it, it's, it's, it's Harrison and it's, and it's neighbors and seeing those two go to those places, I think would just be absolute dreams uh, for what the situations could be, because what we don't want is Harrison going to the Patriots. What we don't want is neighbors going to the Patriots. We don't want um, that, that weirdness happening. <laughs> we don't. We don't want any of that. Drake so, May going to the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we we don't we don't want any of that. But also, yeah. if, if if any of those guys fall, if neighbors falls to Chicago at nine, and Chicago can go Caleb, neighbors on one side, flipping uh. DJ Moore on the other, man, that could be a lot of fun too. So I'll, those, those are my picks. Neighbors to either the Chargers or the Bears would be probably my favorites. Look, I well, was, I, look uh, you can go ahead. I just want to say like there, there is a, we talked about this a little bit before and I feel like this would be an interesting time to bring it up. There is a world I'm sure where the Bears trade down to Washington so Washington can get Caleb at one and they trade down that one pick. Right. And I don't know what they get. Let's say they get a future first or they get some massive, like, why not? Right. Like they're, it's just, it's worth it to them. And they go to two and they take Jaden Daniels at two. Right. And they end up trading fields. Well, Daniels and neighbors be an interesting combo, right? We've seen that happen a lot. LSU, especially like that. I think we're starting to see a lot more of those pairings and if neighbors fell to nine or, even if he, you know, is on the on the board and on the clock there at seven, maybe the Bears trade up from nine and trade that piece they had. I mean, there's a whole bunch of fun little wrinkles that we could see this year, and I think that's the, probably I don't say the only team that could do that. Anybody can do that, but I think that would be a really interesting twist. The other, uh, I guess, thing I want to mention is I wouldn't sleep on Atlanta needing a quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see oh, them trade up and baby. get in the mix because I of the way that coach has changed. Because they're interested oh. in to being able to trade up yep. and eight. Yep, Drake, London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan, they're missing that one piece. If they can go up and get Drake May at three, you know what I mean? Like that whole offense looks different with a better quarterback. So I think that in my mind is like the prime quarterback landing spot because everything else is set up. They got a new coach who you know that team is going to be going this year with as bad as they were this year. So that's my dream landing spot. And then I we talked about it before, too. I think Titans would be an interesting spot to see if, you know, if Harrison falls to seven or even neighbors, of course, at seven. Like, you know, with Will Levis and that new offensive line that we were just talking about, Ty J Spears is the heir apparent. Like, they could use some help with receivers. So there's there's a couple of really good ones in the top ten that we should see slot in very nicely. Now, back to the other side of this, though, I would hate to see – 
the Giants get a good receiver again. Like, oh, gee, you know what I mean? Like, what are the Jets? You know what I mean? Like, what are, what are the Jets doing? Why would they? So there's some stupid picks that could still happen, too. But there's a ton, <laughs> a ton, a ton of good spots at the top of this draft. We're going to see a lot of skill position players. I actually wouldn't be shocked at all if in the top 10 you see nine skill position players in that top 10 because it's just that top heavy with talent this year. That being said, the NFL never does that. So we'll see. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Just Atlanta is is my dream quarterback landing spot. Yeah, you guys took a lot of what I was going to say. Atlanta was one I was going to point out. And the only thing I'll add that uh, Andrew didn't say is uh, also with uh, Zach Robinson, a, uh, a McVay mm-hmm. disciple there, also makes it more interesting to me as yep. well. Uh, and then when Jay Mike's mentioned Pittsburgh, I started trying to think of teams that aren't obvious that would be picking at the top that could maybe get there. And Atlanta was at eight was one. The other one I was looking at is if Cousins leaves, Minnesota's mm. at 11. That's not impossible to get up there. And as Jamie pointed out earlier, it's a, it's a great spot for a quarterback with Addison, Jefferson, and Hawkinson. So uh, that would be another interesting one, I think, uh, if they could pull it off. But they'd have to give up a lot to get up into that top three. So, uh, but yeah, that would be the other one I would think of. So... Next question comes from our guy, Frank. He not only gives us the news, he usually sends a listener question every week now, too. Uh, so he says, what are you doing with Brandon Ayuk? He's entering his fifth-year option next season, and it's really starting to feel like he could be the odd one out with the Brock Purdy extension needed. Are you selling now while he's at his highest before a potential holdout slash trade request? And then he says for, for Russ's... Uh, What's going on with Russ? He's following T. Higgins around the country on his free agent visits like you would have been. So basically, Russ is now a T. Higgins groupie. I love that. <laughs> it's already true. So. Uh, by the way, with Ayuk, it's funny because I, uh, when I was sending out some of these T.A. trades, I guess I'm buying Ayuk because I sent an offer uh, that uh, I just happened to check because – Russ uh, kind of dissed uh, some of my offers I sent out, and I, I looked because I know Russ does a uh, a pod with the the DTC, and it actually came out exactly equal. I'm curious what you guys think. I sent him the 108 for Ayuk, and it was rejected. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um. Which man? Mean? Yeah. I, I think I, I like Ayuk more than the 108. Yeah. Uh, with the way that 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 tier break is going. We just talked about before. I like Ayuk a lot. I, I don't think there's any reason to to trade away Ayuk as of today. Um, I think that even if he goes into his fifth year option and, and there's some question marks, I think he's shown his talent. And I think, you know, I, I'd, I'd probably rather have Ayuk than a rookie at this point. I'm not saying any rookie, but like a rookie 108 pick. Um, but I'm, I'm buying him too. If, if somebody's kind of feeling squirrely on him or, you know, wanting to get out and I had a 108, 109, I'd send a pick like that for him. I think that still sounds reasonable to me. And I think his talent is still there. And I think he was a kind of a late bloomer. So sometimes that means, you know, you got more tread on the tires for whatever you want to call it. Like, I think he's got a lot of future left. So I'm, I'm not scared of Ayuk yet. Yeah. And he's still only uh, 25. I think it'll be 26 okay. when the season starts. Yeah, I was thinking he was 26, um, 27. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're talking right, like, getting into a receiver's prime there. So, yep. uh, I like Ayuk's talent a lot. And I was not an Ayuk guy early on, um, but I've come around big time on him. I, I, I love his talent. I love his run after the catchability. 
And I think he would be, you know, unless he goes somewhere like atrocious, like he's, you know, goes to New England after San Francisco or something. Uh, I, I think he can su- succeed elsewhere. Obviously, I think being in the Shanahan system helps pretty much everybody, but uh, I think the talent is there and I'd be willing to buy at value. Uh, like I said, I tried to send the one away. I get turning that down, um, but I, I'm not going to break the bank for him, but I would definitely um, pay somewhere in that range that I sent for him. So uh, what do you think, Jay Mike? Yeah. He, he's such a, he's such a confounding value the last two seasons being a top 15 wide receiver in fantasy and showing out something fierce this past season. Uh, I, I think I'd even flirt with, I would flirt with even sending the one Oh seven for Ayuk. I think the only thing that would scare me about that is if one of those top six, six guys falls for whatever reason in my draft, mm. and I'll be really sour to miss out on whatever that would look like. But after those top six, so I think it's probably safer with the 108. Um, man, yeah, I, I really like Ayuk. I think I think I would be way in on yeah 108 or yeah 108 and something to to be able to get Ayuk. I, I like that a lot. So uh, it sounds like you guys agree with me. You're not if you have Ayuk, you're not trying to sell now. Like Frank said, are you selling now at his at his highest before potential holdout trade request? I don't you're, know. You're holding there if you have Ayuk. Yeah. yeah. I think he can still go up, to be honest with you. I think the, the the offense is spreading the ball around a lot, and I think there's a chance, whether he's on this team or not, I mean, he could still get more targets. And I, I don't think he's at his peak yet, so I'm holding. Okay, and we'll finish up with uh, this last question from at DFF underscore S Jonathan 2 who I believe is in TA1, uh, Jonathan Smith. What do we do with the 24 class outside of the wide receivers? The QBs have question marks even at the top. The RBs appear to be mid, and tight ends are well tight ends. Uh, And also, uh, this is my favorite answer for the Russ question, which is actually why I left it for last. Uh, Russ has found out he's the orphaned half-brother of Harry Potter and is learning how to cast spells. (laughs) I kind of hope that's really what Russ is doing right now. (laughs) But... uh, I'm going to leave this question to, to our resident uh, rookie expert, at least of the three of us here. Jay, Mike, what do you think of, the, of what he's saying here about the 24 class? No expert here. Simply a dummy. Tell, <laughs> tell you all the time, I'm a dummy. The, uh, the, I, as I spoiled it on, on Twitter, I, I do think this is a really fun year to have dissenting opinions when we're thinking through the rest of this draft, because there are many people who will judge a draft based on how, how strong are the running backs at the top? Um, Because that's, that's where people can kind of refill the coffers, if you will, uh, Mm -hmm. of the running back position, which is another reason going back to a point from earlier, there's not really anybody in this class coming up. That's going to be challenging a chance place in the hierarchy of dynasty and there's not really candidates behind HN either that would be looking to pass it um more back on subject though if you have really strong preferences in this draft specifically for players that you really like like this is your draft <laughs> a lot of your folks are going a lot a lot of your league mates who are just leaning into the opinion of their favorite 
podcast, uh, news outlet, whatever the case may be, fantasy producing content producer, they are going to hear so many different things. And the beauty of it is if, if you're leaning away from whatever the consensus becomes as we get closer to drafts, you're going to be able to position yourself in a way to zag uh, and really be able to extract value that you want in directions that you want to be able to move in your leagues. So the the wide receiver class, uh, I, I try not to speak hyper hyperbolic, but this wide receiver class may be as deep as any that I've been able to scout. Um, in the last, I've been doing this now for maybe six, seven years, six years now, um, being able to do this with the dynasty dummies and really diving into the taping, refining my craft over this time. This is a deep group y'all. And this will be, it'll be a lot of guys that make it on rosters and I'm not promising. And I'm not, I'm not one to prognosticate. I'm not one to tell you, Oh, the next take down the next Puka Naku. No, but I will say that the players, the quality of player that you're going to be getting from these wide receivers that go in, go in these second and third round ranges are very high. And we're also looking at the, the vast majority of the running backs in this class all being second round picks, second yeah. and round picks and later. So you can you get to choose your own adventure this year. Uh, and I think that there's, there's area, there's room for you to be able to uh, manipulate that to your liking uh, in, in your various leagues. Okay, uh, like I said, I was going to leave that one to Jim. Did you have anything you wanted to add about the rookie class, Andrew? Or well, you- the only thing I'll I'll just kind of piggyback and, and obviously say ditto to all of that. That was a really good breakdown. But I also think that we saw this a little bit last year, too, where the running back group was, you know, one or two at the top, and then it kind of fell off a cliff. I, I think this year we don't even have the one or two at the top yet. I mean, maybe there's some crazy landing spot or – you know, like Jameer Gibbs last year, we get some crazy draft capital. Somebody decides to reach, and then, of course, everybody goes nuts. But I wouldn't be shocked if we only see one or two running backs in the first round in, in ADP. Um, and I just think that in Superflex anyway, I think that's just the way it's it's going lately. I think we're seeing a lot of uh, devaluation of the position. I think, in general, the the uh, dynasty player is becoming a lot smarter and more you know kind of in tune with everyone else saying – like I was saying earlier, running backs in February, I don't want them. You know, I think that's kind of they're becoming more replaceable for better, for worse, obviously for worse for the player. Uh, but if you know about it, then you're good. So I, I agree with what you said there, too, Jay. Mike, second round could be a lot of running backs. And I think this may be the year that if you've got I've seen some teams that have, you know, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown as your starters and you've got the 108. Maybe you look to trade that 108 for three seconds or something and kind of take three dart dart throws on running backs you know if you're heavy at receiver I hate doing that in a sense I don't like to worry about drafting for need and I like to draft purely for talent but in this kind of draft maybe you could pivot a little different and come up with something Um, I also think we're going to see at least one or two running backs get drafted to a team that has hype and a narrative and everybody starts to build this story and 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 they don't happen, right? We've seen this happen with like the Tank Bigsby's and the Zach Charbonnet and hell, even Tajay Spears. I mean, there, there's I can't even list them all. We always see that narrative show up and boost somebody up into a round like Kendry Miller that they don't belong in, and and then they fall in the second. So I'd much rather grab a guy in the second and kind of get him what I think could be their actual or low value than reach for them in the first, especially this year. So that's kind of what I'm doing with my early research so far. Okay, and that's the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. 
I want to thank uh, both of these guys again. Andrew, thank you again for subbing in for Russ. And Jay, Mike, thanks for coming on and talking with us. It's been a blast tonight. Uh, why don't you remind again everybody who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at jmikecheck, at jmiccheck, uh, one half of the Dynasty Dummies. And I know that the the hoot nanny will, will be here That's before right. you know it, our, our rookie hoot nanny. Can't wait. Um, so ready for yeah, that. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to be able to dive back in with Zach. Uh, and Matt Foreman. So, yeah, y'all know the vibes. Happy to be here. Grateful for the opportunity. Thank you guys again for the fun. Uh, truly a privilege to be able to join y'all, and I, I always love the time. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, again, uh, he's at Andrew Hall FF. I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, Russ is, of course, at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following the Dep Network uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can catch Junkies. Uh, you can catch Timeline when it pops up. Uh, if you want to see our lovely faces while we record Trade Addicts, you can uh, subscribe to the Patreon at um, patreon.com slash Pod. Also, make sure you're supporting Fantasy Cares. Uh, I think that's everything, so I'm going to say goodnight, fellas. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Trade Addict Podcast. A proud member... Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.